0: Good morning and thanks for joining us Tuesday morning. And uh, I talked about this just before the, uh, the news, this disturbing trend that we're seeing happening. It's happened actually a few spots in the province, but the city of Regina has been dealing with a real problem when it comes to damage or mischief or in some cases arson to churches. And we just saw another one. Happen again on Friday morning. The pastor of Blessed Sacrament Parish in Regina, which is over on the 20 block of Scarth, so just behind the Hotel Saskatchewan, basically got an alarm that uh, there was a problem. And as a result, he was able to detect that a fire had been started. Our reporter, Jillian Massey, is uh, setting the scene for us here on this entire investigation. <coughs> Come on, come on, the masked man says in the video, desperately trying to get the lid off of the fuel container. The man dumps the contents onto the entrance, tossing the container onto the steps, and leans back as far as he can to light the fire. With a flash of light, Pastor James Hench's watched the flames rip through the entrance.
1: It was an immediate fire and created smoke immediately setting out the alarms.
0: In Regina, Jillian Massey. So Jillian Massey did a good job of putting this story together. She did have a chat with Pastor Henches, who is uh, the pastor of Blessed Sacrament Parish, and he talked about how he was alerted to this fire.
1: We have an alarm system. Uh, in fact, uh, we just um, upgraded our our fire alert system um about three years ago uh and in fact i was not at the residence at the time but um the the alarm went off immediately um when it detected smoke it went off in the house and my apple ipods picked up the alarm And alerted me to where I was, that there was an alarm going off in my home. Uh, So that's how it happened. And I was able to check by remote camera, uh, smart cameras, and I was able to see smoke in the place. And uh, the, the fire department was arriving at that same time. It was a very quick response from the fire department. They were alerted alerted by the alarm, too. That's the
0: pastor at Blessed Sacrament Parish on the 20 block of Scarth after it was basically, the entrance was lit on fire. So we had the video on our website. In fact, you can still find it on there. And it's quite dynamic to watch this whole thing unfold. It definitely leaves you with an unsettled feeling. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit more with a couple of leaders from our fire department. So Regina fire and protective services fire chief Lane Jackson is here this morning and fire marshal Randy Riba. Thank you both for coming in. Thanks Evan. Thanks Evan. I I noticed in the break, Randy has a radio voice. He does. He does. Lane, I don't want to say you don't, but Randy (laughs) definitely has. So this is quite a disturbing case. The fact that we were able to watch it unfold, not something that we get to watch often in an arson.
2: How much damage was done to the church? Well, uh, Evan, it was significant amount of damage. It was mainly to that front uh, entrance. The door is completely damaged. And of course, yeah. the front vestibule and in, even inside the, the building itself received some damage. And of course, we'll do a little bit of damage too with water and et cetera when we're putting it out. So right. Fair and, bit of damage. And smoke damage, I'm assuming, is, is big in a case like this too. Smoke damage too. So that's how we were alerted is uh, the smoke alarms going off. So... It came in at about 3.30 in the morning, and it came in as a monitoring call to us. Those crews were exceptional in their their response times and their turnout times. They were there within five minutes and quickly took control of that fire. So... You know, I mean, the fire response to me is impressive. And we see this time
0: and time again. I talked with Chief Morgan Hockle about this and Saskatoon's fire response. When it comes to an arson, though, how do these fires get handled differently by fire when, when they're responding? If they know it was intentionally said, are there different steps that
2: are taken? I'm gonna. I'll let uh, the fire marshal talk a little bit more. But yeah, initially, if if the crews start to suspect that that there's uh, any type of foul play or suspicion, uh, first thing is they notify an investigator right away to come out, and they and they protect that scene and try to cause as little damage as they can. Whether that's through overhaul and that, they try to minimize right. that so that there's a lot left for the investigator. Maybe the fire marshal can talk a little bit more. Sure. Certainly,
3: chief. Uh, Every fire is different. Uh, The odd time like the one that we've seen on air of uh, this person uh, doing damage to the church. Other fires, we do see some items that either alert our crews or alert RPS or alert us. We investigate every fire in this city, and they're all different. Um, Most of it is clearly determined after we process that scene or during that process. So... We're there to determine cause, origin, and circumstance, gather any and all information, take any evidence necessary, interview anybody that we can, and we put that puzzle back together. Right. Once that is known to my investigator that it's either highly suspicious of arson or it's glaring, we uh, communicate immediately to the Regina City Police who have a, a special arson task force, if you want to say that, or two two or three detectives to that uh uh, area of your, of RPS. And they take everything that we've got interview, obviously us and take all of the documentation and attempt to identify the person or persons involved.
0: I mean, that evidence collection is pretty important in this case, I would say it stands to reason. The biggest piece of evidence is this video that's A- out there.
3: Absolutely. there is just no question. Certainly he did throw the gas container into the mix. That is a, a mood point when it comes to absolutely what everybody sees on on air. And uh, hopefully Regina City Police, they're actively investigating this and others that we have determined as incendiary. And uh, they are making great progress. Uh, again, being a former police officer in chief, Evan, you know the routine. Yeah. They are digging deep into this. This is disturbing. Uh, this person is dangerous and reckless to our community, and he needs, hopefully, to go in front of a court.
0: Randy Riba is the fire marshal for Regina Fire and Protective Services. Also, Chief Lane Jackson from the Fire and Protective Services here this morning as well. So, I, you know, I was just chatting with someone the other day who said, did you see that video of the fire? I said, yeah, I did. And they said, well, you know, like, what do you do? I mean, clearly the guy's covered up. There's, there's nothing. There's, no, there's nothing you're going to get from that. And, you know, I think people don't realize how much evidence is contained in that video. And if we break it down, there's a few things that I, you know, that I, I note, first of all, I don't think this has ever filled a lawnmower with gas.
2: <laughs> I could be wrong, but I,
0: I don't think this guy's ever used a jerry can before he couldn't get the lid off of it. He was struggling with that, but we get, I mean, here's the things I, I would break down is we get a sense of height and build. And we hear the voice, which which sounds to be a male, right? But the, the height and build, you can recreate that. You can have someone stand outside that same doorbell video camera and try and get a sense of how tall approximately this fellow would have been and the height. I still think there's lots for police to go on in terms of possible footwear impressions. You see him Flee the scene towards that looks like the, is it a fence,
3: yeah. It's a parking lot okay, behind a parking oh, lot, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that sits there, a and rail. there's a fence. So he, I don't know if he goes under or over that fence, but you know, depending on what the snow was like, there potentially there's some foot impressions, footwear impressions, which are. They're, in many cases, they can be just as good as a fingerprint. You can get, you know, a f- piece of footwear that shows exactly the type of runner or boot or, or whatever the person was wearing. Um, his hands are not covered, and he's got tattoos on his hands. I think, Randy, you and I were talking about that off air. That's correct. And so, you know, I think that gives us something to look at. He's got a watch on his left wrist, um, which, you know, I mean, people say, well, he doesn't necessarily wear the watch. Anyone that wears a watch regularly sometimes will have a mark on their wrist where they wear it. And I would say the same thing goes for, he had something on his right hand. It looked like, uh, I don't know if it's a pinky finger ring or something, but there's something shiny on his right hand, which again, even if he's not wearing the ring, if he usually does, there should be a, a mark on his hand. Um, I think we got a good clothing description when that fire started it actually lit up like daylight and you could see colors of clothes and even the bag that he was carrying.
3: Exactly, Evan. Um, It's interesting and always interests me how expert police-ident folks are and detectives noticing the little things. Yes, I and my, my inspectors are experts in cause, origin, circumstance, processing that scene, but the identification of these little things like you have just stated go a huge way. I'm sure there's a lot for RPS to go on here. And this person thought he made no mistakes. Clearly he has made mistakes. Right.
0: So the other thing that that I would suggest, well, uh, let me finish a couple other things I would say. I I mentioned the guy, the guy's never used the jerry can before, Uh, but he has trouble lighting it. um, And it, it sounds to me like he's using a lighter. Like it sounds to me like he's flicking a lighter. I would suggest that's potentially a piece of evidence because Uh, you know, I'm not saying he is guaranteed a smoker, but not a lot of people carry lighters around. And if you were going to do this, you'd think maybe you would, you would grab matches. So in my mind, it could be, it could be something it might not be. Here's what I want you to weigh in on either one of you. My understanding of art arsonists is they are a different breed of person. They take pride and I'm going to put that in quotes of what they do. And I would suggest this guy's not going to be quiet about this. I would suggest he's probably told someone that he did this, which I think is where really that gold ticket can come for an investigation like this. Would you agree?
3: I agree, Evan. Um, People like this and others that do this sort of behavior, criminal and reckless, tend to want to boast, even if it's a whisper to somebody or maybe somebody overhears him in a bar talking to somebody or clearly this person was talking to himself mm-hmm. as he was doing what he was doing there. Um, I've seen it many times throughout my career. Um, they typically start small with objects that tend not to hurt anybody, play structures, etc. They elevate to uh, outbuildings, abandoned buildings. And eventually if they're not caught, they elevate to occupied structures and even worse. So it's urgent that, RPS with all hope can track this person down and put them in front of the courts. Yeah. The,
0: the, uh, you know, when you think about motive for something like this too. So, you know, Randy, you've done a good job of, of laying out, you know, people often start small with fires and then they build up to more extremes. I remember in police college, part of the training we received with regard to arson was when you get on scene, you should take stock of everyone that's there because there's a good chance the person that started the fire is
2: standing to watch the show. Have you, have you, either of you experienced that in your career? Yeah, that's actually very common. So, um, most of them want to, want to observe their handiwork. They have some interest too in the firefighters and crews responding in to put it out and seeing the status of, of the fire and what they've started. So that's very common. So, um, and we, we do notice, uh, and the crews are alert to that too. So the fire crews will also be looking around when they're, and they have, uh, come to Randy's division and, and up through us, uh, and identified folks that there are some common folks that are at fires a lot. And right. we share that with the police and the police follow those, follow up on those. So
0: Lane Jackson is the Regina Fire and Protective Services Fire Chief. We've also got Randy Ryba, Fire Marshal here today. So the other the other thing is I mean that's that's the the people that just have this fixation on starting fires there could be motive based on an individual's relationship with this specific church or someone who just has a beef with the Catholic church so I would suggest if you're the investigator putting together the motive if that's the the folder that you're looking at on on this you know investigation there's probably a few different avenues that you're going to try and chart out to try and figure out where the motive lied uh lies here and and ultimately, you know, as i've laid out, I, i'm i'm not saying this is an easy investigation, but there's certainly things that that people can drill down on and typically with something like this, i mean, it's a luxury to have video. Uh they will be able to still, you know, freeze that freeze frame that video Print some stills from that, even enhance the image in a way that it gives you a better idea of some of the tattoos that you see that are on his hand, his arm, Um, maybe that watch, the ring, those types of things. Um, Even the type of uh, he was wearing that mask over his face uh, that looked to be distinctive in terms of how it flared out in the front. Like there's a few things about all of that, that, that might lead you to, to different things that you can investigate. Do you then Randy keep fairly close in touch with Regina police service as this arson investigation rolls out?
3: Continually. We're in contact continually. Uh, They are with us as well. uh, Briefing us. Other things might come to the, the forefront as we continue looking at other fires, maybe trends, This particular fire, that video, is literally a treasure trove of information for police service. As you know, uh, we don't always need that. There's other things that we can determine in our expertise that we hand to the police that could clearly be a slam dunk should that person be or a person be brought in front of the courts. But uh, this one, there's all kinds of reasons why people do this. Some of it's retribution. Some of its initiation, uh, its hate against others or groups or individuals. There could be some insurance issues when uh, it's all over the map as to why people do this. And clearly there's mental health issues Mm -hmm. in a lot of these folks.
0: Well, this has been a good chat. I appreciate both of you being willing to uh, to uh stop in when I called you. It was kind of, I was putting together this talk, and I thought, man, it'd be nice to have Lane come in. And when I talk, called you, Lane, you said, well, you know what? I'm bringing Randy with me as well. So I appreciate both of you stopping in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for you having been. us. Thanks, Alan. That's Fire Chief Lane Jackson, Fire Marshal Randy Riba with Regina Fire and Protective Services. You're listening to 980-CJME and 650-CKOM.